Welcome to the Underground Podcast, the student ministry of Riverside Community Church. We are happy to have you listening in this week. Well, it's good to see you back again this week um, for week two of Man of the Woods. Now, um, just recently, I had the opportunity to go back to PCS to speak, and, and I, I love PCSers. I know I give you a hard time, but I do love you. I love that school. And when I was back there, it reminded me of something I had forgotten um, a while ago, because when I was in my sophomore year of high school, I was kind of over school. And I don't know if any of you are at that point right now where you're just kind of over school. You're ready for summer vacation to come. If you're a senior, you have senioritis. But I was in my sophomore year and I was kind of over it. So in my first hour class, I had study hall. And I realized I did not want to be at school that day. So during my study hall, instead of preparing whatever I needed for, for the rest of the week, I pulled out a sheet of notebook paper and I wrote a note. And it said, to whom it may concern, Please excuse Michael from school at 1045 today because he has a dentist appointment. Sincerely, and then I signed my mom's name at the bottom of it. And I took this note shortly thereafter and I handed it into the office. And when 1045 came around, I skipped down. I said, hey, I'm leaving now. I'm going to the dentist. And they're like, oh, okay, good. Now, I didn't go to the dentist. I went to the movies by myself. Exactly. But I remember doing this because I saw what turned out to be one of still today, one of my favorite movies of all time. And if you've never seen it, it's a movie called The Shawshank Redemption. Some of you have never heard of it. I'm telling you, I think it's pretty all right. Don't quote me on it. Google it first and see. But I went and saw this movie, and I ended up watching the movie. I grabbed a bite to eat. I got home. My mom doesn't come home till 5 o'clock. She walks in, and she said to me, she goes, so how was your day? Now, some of you are wise enough to know that the way your parents say things you can interpret where that's coming from. Because normally when my mom would come home, she would say, how was your day? But she was like, how was your day? And when you enunciate that your, you know she means something. And, and I was like, yeah, good. How about, how about you? And she's like, where were you today? I was like, ugh. She goes, were you at the dentist? And I go, uh, no, I wasn't at the dentist. And she's like, where were you? And I go, I was at the movie theater. And she proceeded to rip me a new one. She goes, I paid all this money and you skipped out. And I was like, man, mom, I'm really, really sorry. And she's like, you went to a movie by yourself? And like, she was like, what kind of nerd are you? But I realized there are two types of people in this world. There are people that have to constantly be around people. They constantly have to have somebody by them. They have to go to lunch with somebody. They need to be sitting by them on the bus. They need to ride with them to school. I've never been one of those people. I'm kind of the opposite. Is there anybody in here that doesn't mind being alone? Thank you. You are my people. Because I, and some people may call you a loner, I have never minded spending time alone. And maybe it's because there's, uh, I was 10 when my brother was born. And so basically I was an only child for a big part of my childhood. And maybe I'll chalk it up to that. But you see, I can go to a coffee shop 
for like three hours by myself. I can sit there and read. I can sit there and study. I can prepare messages. I love it. Next week, um, I'm going to be on a flight to Atlanta, and I already looked it up. It's two hours and three minutes that I'll be by myself, and I'm like looking forward to it. I love my family, but I love like being by myself. Even last week, I was down here um, Wednesday getting some stuff ready. I had my Bible out. I had my computer back out there, and I was sitting by um, the tech desk, just minding my own business because I love it, and this is what happened. Oh! <laughs> my God. Oh! Yeah, we don't need... My God. God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My God. So stupid. Norrin, stand up. Where is he? Where is he? Oh. Oh, oh. We, we got it. We got it. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. Because you, you see, I, I was down here. It's quiet. I love it. That's the dumbest thing ever. But all that said, tonight, as you know, we're in week two, and so tonight we're going to focus on um, our second week, the title track of the album, Man of the Woods. And so tonight, if you're taking notes, you can just call this one Man of the Woods, um, because we're going to keep it really practical for you tonight, and I'm also going to keep it pretty short for you tonight, because as if you were here last week, you know I like preached way too long. Um, and, I, and somebody's like, yeah, you did. Wrap it up. Um, and one other thing, before we get into it, um, somebody came up to me last week, and if you weren't here, listen to the podcast. Um, but somebody said to me, because I was talking about, Ella and I kind of got in an argument over a belt, if you were here and you remember that. Somebody came up to me after service, and they're like, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with that belt, because my dad used to beat me with a belt. Uh, let me just clarify, because I don't think I explained that very well. I was not trying to beat my daughter with a belt. I was trying to, like, not embarrass her. But here's kind of what the story was. She was wearing pants that were too big for her. And so I was like, just get that belt off the floor and wear it so the pants stay over your butt crack. Um, That's what I was trying to say. I was not hitting her with a belt. That's okay. So we got that out of the way. Um, So forget Justin Timberlake because... Today, we're going to look at Jesus was the ultimate man of the woods. Because you see, he often retreated to places on his own. He got away from the crowds, and he was away from his disciples just so he could spend time with God. And that's really where we're going to focus on today. And just a couple verses that are going to launch our our message tonight. In Mark 6, verses 46, it says, After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. And Luke 9, 18 One day, Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Because you see, when Jesus went by himself, it was how he made important decisions. It was how he prepared himself for all the ministry events that he was going out to. It was kind of how he grounded himself to get away from the crowds for a little bit, to just kind of center himself. And eventually, it's where he went as he was preparing for his own death on the cross. You see, He didn't just go off on his own to rest or for a change of scenery. He was going off on his own to spend time with God. And see, Jesus' solitude is how he grew deeper in relationship with his heavenly father. You see, Jesus in the Bible is the ultimate example 
of how we should be spending time daily with God. Because I'll tell you, it's probably the most important spiritual discipline we could ever do is finding out that time or carving out that time to get to know Jesus a little bit better. And that happens in a quiet time, every day of spending time with him on a daily basis. You see, in Mark 1.35, it says, before daybreak, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. You see, many of us are so busy. Even this week, my grandma said to me, she goes, why don't you guys ever stop and see me anymore? Which is like the ultimate guilt trip as a grandchild. And I say to her, man, if you knew how busy we are, how many of you are in a place right now or in a season or a time where you're just really busy? Will you raise your hand? I think many of us are in that place where we're constantly, constantly going. But I think it's so important for each one of us to carve out time to spend with God daily, to spend that time just talking to Jesus. You see, you have to figure out what's the best time for you. My best time is in the morning. I get up at like 5.30 in the morning, like obscenely early. I just wake up. Clay will sometimes text me at like 11.30 at night, and he knows by now I will not get that text till in the morning because I'm like an old man. I'm asleep by like 10.02. Don't wake me. I'll be done. So I get up at 5.30, and every single day um, I go to my dining room table. That's where I spend time with the Lord. And when I get there, um, I just open up my Bible. And just am really open to what God wants to say. And for many of us, we need to find a time where we're free of distractions. And for some of you, that may be right after school, before your family comes home. For some of you, it may be right at night, right before you go to sleep. For me, I always have to do it first thing in the morning. Because if I wait a little bit later, our crazy dog, Maggie Marshmallow, will be at the door barking at every single person that goes by. If I wait a little bit longer, our youngest son, Ben, who takes after me, who is like, uh, gets up at the crack of dawn, he will invariably come down, sit in the chair right next to me, grab the iPad, and he will start watching the most annoying videos in the history of the world. His two things right now is he will watch, I never understand this, he will watch videos of people playing Fortnite. You do that? I don't understand that at all. What? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to judge you. I just think. The other thing that he's really into right now is he'll like find videos and it's like the most annoying thing where you'll have like kids bop, like a kids bop version of like God's plan. Like, I'm like, what is that? Like, I'll hear it at six o'clock in the morning and I'm be like, and it's like, only a mother, my, my bed and my mama. I'm sorry. I'm like, that kid is like eight years old. Why is he singing? He, he loves his mom in his bed because... That's all he has right now. Um, So I have to, because if I don't do it early in the morning, I get distracted. I can't do my quiet time when Ben's there. And just as a side note today, um, Liam before school, and and sometimes in our house, you may have a great put together family. In our house, trying to get out to school is like that scene in Home Alone when they oversleep. And everybody's trying to rush out to get where they need to go. That's our home pretty much every day. And so in the midst of all that today, Liam said to Ben, he goes, hey, did you know that you're adopted? And Rach like tried to intervene and he's like, no, you're not adopted. And I'll stop right there because the story goes on and Rachel's not here. Are you, is Rachel in here? 
Oh, she, oh, she is. Okay. I'll just stop. I'll just stop right there. There's more. I'll talk to you afterwards. Um, but Liam kept going with it in a little bit more graphic detail. Um, so anyway, our life is crazy. So unless I carve out time to spend with God every single day, I'll be really honest with you. It just doesn't really happen um, in our life because you see your routine will lead to results. It's kind of like when you go to the gym. If you only go to the gym every two weeks, you won't see results. Now, I don't know anything about that because I've never stepped foot in a gym in my entire life. I know you're shocked by that. Looking at this physique, you're like, really? That's just all natural, God-given muscle. Um, But it's the same kind of thing. If you make things a habit, because it's been said that if you do something for 21 days, it will eventually become habit to you. So if you start spending time with Jesus every single day, the more you do it, the more of a habit it will become. Because you see, Ben knows when he gets up every single morning, he knows exactly where to find me. It's become habit. He knows to go downstairs and there dad will be. Now, for some of you, this is all brand new that I'm talking to you. For some of you, you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, a quiet time or anything like that. And there's not one one size fits all model for what your quiet time looks like. But today, I just, like I said, I want to make it really practical for you and just to kind of show you what my morning routine looks like when I spend time with God. And, and it first starts off with just a short prayer. And it's something really quick with me saying, man, God, I'm open to whatever you want to speak to me today. Open up my ears, open up my heart and just speak to me. And when I'm done with that, I just start reading my Bible I start reading the word to know that that's when God really speaks to me is when I'm in the word. Now, I don't know, and I've said this before, sometimes we open up our Bible and we just flip through the pages and we just put our finger there and we read like random stuff. I will tell you, if you read the Bible that way, I guarantee you it'll never become a habit. Because sometimes when you open the Bible and you put your finger there, you read words that you don't even know what they mean. You're making up random names. Even like last week when I was up here, I was reading the name of a city and I could never figure out what the city was. And my cousin Jessica said to me later, she goes, how did you not know what that name of that city was? It was on the screen. It was clearly Kankakee. Well, when I typed it up, it had auto-corrected this crazy city to the name Kankakee, which would have been much easier had I known that beforehand. Um, But for some of us that have never started a great place for you to start maybe might be in the book of John. Especially for those of you who are kind of new to this Christian walk, maybe you're a new believer. I love the book of John because it really tells us not just who Jesus is or who he was, but what he's all about. It's a great way to get to know who Jesus is. The other thing that I always say to students is many of you may have the app on your phone. We call it version. I use it every single morning. That's where I do my Bible reading plan. You can go to it. You can download it free of charge. And at the bottom, there's a spot where you can look up just Bible reading plans. And if you're taking notes right now and you're interested in doing that, if you go to the Bible reading plans and click on the little uh, search bar and type in the word switch, S-W-I-T-C-H, switch are these amazing Bible reading plans for students that are in junior high or high school. And there's some amazing things. I even looked it up this morning. Um, And there's some great ways for you just to get started. So if you've never done a reading plan or you're like, all of this is brand new to you, brand new to me, Michael, here were some of the things that were in there. So it said, some of the reading plans were how to follow Jesus, 
how to be happy. There was a Bible reading plan for students on worship, how to become someone others want to be around. Some of you need to read that. Um, Just kidding. Um, Overcoming temptation, how to pray, making wise choices, how to live with your family. Ella's downloading that as we speak right now. But there's a great way for you to get started very easily in just reading that. Because I'll tell you, and it's a sad, sad statement I'm about to make, but many of us pick up our phone more often than we pick up our Bible, myself included. This past Sunday, I had the opportunity to go uh, speak at a church, and we got about halfway there, and I realized I forgot my Bible on the counter back home. So I'm telling you, you're like, you're a pastor? How dare you? Um, I'm a work in progress, like I've said before. Um, But that's a great way for you to just get started on spending this time with Jesus. The third thing I do is anything that God puts on my heart during that time alone with him, I write it down in a journal. I'll underline verses. Because there's so many times where I've been journaling for many, many years now. And there's so many times where God has spoken something to me that didn't really make any sense at the time. But when I go back and look at my old journals, I see where God was already starting to prepare me. He was already starting to speak things over my life that didn't make any sense back then. But now, all these years later, I'm starting to see what God was doing in my life. And then finally, number four, I just spend time praying with him. I spend time just having a dialogue with him, telling him, hey, here are the things I'm dealing with, or thanking him for the things. Now, when I was a student back in my own little youth group, our pastor always told us, you need to pray, you need to pray, you need to pray. And I didn't really know how to pray, to be honest with you. And when I got to PCS, one of the things that I remember is that our Bible teacher, who was an amazing, amazing man, spent one semester just talking to us about how to pray. And he used this kind of anagram of ACTS, A-C-T-S. And Krishan's going to put it on on the screen for us. But ACTS kind of breaks things apart into adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And I just want to break because if you don't know how to pray, this may be a good way for you to start. And adoration is simply just starting out your prayers by giving thanks for who God is, to honor him, to what he's done. Confession is just like you probably can understand. It's saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. It's kind of like we talked about last week, repenting, making that U-turn and say, God, here's the direction I'm headed. I'm giving that all up to you and I'm starting back on, the, on a new track. Please take all this sin from my life. The T, Thanksgiving, sounds just like what it is. Man, thank you, God, for the things that you blessed us with. And if you can't come up with anything that you're thankful for, because some of us get in seasons where we're like, I don't have anything to be thankful for. But you woke up today. Give God thanks for that. Things may not be going very well in your life, but we all have things that we can be thankful for to God. And then finally, D, supplication. Supplication is now the time where you come to God and say, I need your help with this. Here's what I'm dealing with. Not, and sometimes it's not just me. Sometimes it's my friends, my family, the people around me. And I think it's kind of, kind of important that we save ourselves for the very end. Because it's not all about us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I've fallen into the trap where when I pray, it's just me asking God for stuff. I need this and I need this and I need this and help me with this. But really, that should be the last part of our prayers. 
because we want it centered on what God has done in our lives. And for some of you tonight, if this is brand new for you, start small. Because there's some of you that will leave here tonight and you're like, I'm going to do what Pastor Michael said. I'm going to read my Bible 30 minutes, seven days a week, and I'm going to do it every day. Can I tell you right up front, that's not a realistic goal. Because if you've never done it, it's going to be hard to jump right into it. Maybe start by trying to do this two or three days a week. Because I'll tell you, there'll be times where you won't make time for it. You'll be so busy in your life that you won't get around to it. And I'll tell you right now, give yourself grace. If you forget it one day, it's okay. Because there was something, and I shared this before, at the beginning of this year, I made a plan to read through the whole Bible from beginning to end. And somebody asked me just the other week, they said, hey, show me how you read the Bible. How do you stay on track? And so I pulled out my phone and I showed them the plan that I was doing. And somebody who was sitting at the table next to us, they're like, you've been doing this for 88 days, but you've only read your Bible 85 days. They're like, you've missed three days. And I thought, I'm about ready to punch you in the face, number one. I didn't really think that. Um, I kind of did. But you don't have to be perfect with it. There's going to be times where you're not going to get to it. And it's okay. Set a goal. If this is brand new for you, start a brand new, start a brand new goal. So for these last four weeks, and I don't know if you know that, but we are down to the final four weeks of our teaching series before summer is almost here. And so for these last four weeks, we're going to focus exclusively on the New Testament. The New Testament is where we see Jesus kind of appear for the first time in the Bible. And so if you would take out your Bibles or take out your phones, if you have the Bible app, and today we're going to go back to Mark. Now, Mark was a, is a book that we talked about last week. It's actually the second book of the Bible. And at the beginning of Mark, as you turn to Mark chapter one, um, you see Jesus kind of preaching in Galilee He's finding his first disciples. He's casting out demons. And as we pick up today in chapter one of Mark, Jesus comes across a man with leprosy. Now, I don't know if you know what leprosy is, but it's an infection that's caused by bacteria, and it makes you have these kind of lesions, these sores kind of all over your body. And back in biblical times, if you came down with leprosy, you were kind of an outcast, you were banished. Your friends and family wanted nothing to do with you. You were shunned. You were taken out of town. And this is kind of what leprosy looks like. I, I could, yeah, it's, I don't even know what to say to that. Um, but this is what would happen. And, and people would not want to be around you. People would not want to be anywhere near you. But if we look in Mark one verses 40 through 45. It's amazing what Jesus does here. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone that what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. 
He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. Everywhere Jesus went, people wanted to be near him. It would be kind of like if Steph Curry walked into underground tonight. We, most of us, oh, calm down, LeBron fans. If, if, if he came, we would want to be around him. And I imagine that's the same thing with Jesus. Imagine if Jesus were walking this earth today. Like, we would be running up to him, all wanting to take selfies. And I imagine the selfies that we would take with Jesus, like, they would be awesome. He would know just the right angle to hold it. They wouldn't be blurry. You'd never have, like, a double chin. Like, Jesus' selfies would be, like, amazing. And that's what I imagine happening. People would come to him from every different direction. But you see, Jesus didn't get annoyed. Jesus didn't say, I don't have time for you. And some of us, when we get annoyed, we just don't walk away. You see, when some of us get annoyed, our first inclination is to send a nasty text. Or you see, we might subtweet the lyrics of a band that we saw together, and now you hate that person, and you're like, I'm going to say these lyrics to you. Or sometimes we post on our Instagram story, I'm so over it, dot, dot, dot. But you see, that's not what Jesus wanted to do. Even when people were around him, and I bet at some point Jesus just wanted to be like, give me some time to myself. You see, that one encounter with that man changed his life. When we encounter Jesus, it changes us. And you see, there may be some of you here today that feel like an outcast. There may be some of you here today, and you're not dealing with a disease, you're not dealing with leprosy, but you feel like you don't fit in. That there's a part of you where people have said, I don't want anyone to be around me. I don't want to be a part of what they have. But you, you see, when you spend time in prayer, when you read your Bible, when you spend that time one-on-one with Jesus, you hear who he says you are. You go, because he starts to transform your life. And he says, don't listen to those other people because here's what I say about you. When we spend time with Jesus, we're never, ever the same. You see, there's people in this room and you're trying to fill holes that are in your life with all kinds of other stuff. And it's making you start to go down a path that is far from the best that God has for you. But when you spend time with Jesus and you find out who he is and how he feels about you and what he thinks about you, it changes how you think about yourself. You see, last week we read about how John the Baptist baptized Jesus. You see, they were related. I don't know if you know that, John the Baptist and Jesus. In some translations of the Bible, they call them cousins. But what started to happen not too long after John baptized Jesus is that John the Baptist was killed. He was actually beheaded, and they served up his head on a platter. And you see, when John's disciples found out about it, they buried him, and they went and told Jesus. And it says in Matthew 14, verses 13 through 14, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. 
Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed the sick. You see, right after that, Jesus went on and did one of the most amazing things that we read about in the Bible. He fed 5,000 people with just a little bit of food. It's impossible for us to wrap our brains around, but with God, it was possible. You see, sometimes your greatest accomplishment can come after your greatest heartache. Because Jesus at this time, I'm sure, was mourning the loss of his friend. But Jesus was still able to do miraculous things. And I think that's so true with each one of you. Some of you are in the midst of seasons where you feel like, man, God's never going to use me. My path is over. This is how it's always going to be. But can I tell you, that's not the way that it works with God. God will often take us through seasons to prepare us, to develop us, to make us stronger. And he's going to walk us into some of the greatest experiences, some of the greatest moments of our life. What if I told you that your miracle could be just around the corner? What if I told you today that those parents that are on the brink of just calling it quits, what if God wants to use you to help bring that relationship back together? Or maybe there's a friendship and there's been some fallout And you think, man, it can never be repaired. What if God wants to turn that around? Or there's some of you that are in here right now, and each day you're so riddled with anxiety, and you feel like that's going to be your life for the rest of your days. Just a nervous, nervous, unsure wreck. You see, I was listening to a podcast today, just today, and this came out, and I thought, this is so telling. It says the average teenager in North America today experiences the same level of anxiety as a psychiatric patient back in the 1950s. You see, junior high and high school students, you are taking on so much. You're so nervous about things that it's hard for you to function day after day. I see it all the time. I talk with students all the time that don't want to go to school, that don't want to get up in the morning, that are unsure of where to even go because I'm so riddled with anxiety. I'm scared to death. I haven't slept in days. You see, what if God was just about to meet you at the point of your need? What if you started spending time with him every single day. And you're thanking God for all the things that are going right in your life. You're confessing to him and you're following up by saying, God, here's where I am and I need your help today. What if God starts moving some of those mountains that are in your path? Those things that you think can never be changed are unmovable. What if you started spending time with God you might be amazed what he starts to do in your life, in the quiet, in the solitude, one-on-one, spending that time with God. You see, it says in Matthew 14, 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. 
You see, when's the last time you were alone with God? When's the last time you were just quiet before him? Not just asking for stuff, not giving him a Christmas list of all the things you want in your, in your life, but just saying, God, I'm open to whatever you want to do in my life. You see, the silence is often where God speaks. You see, this weekend, we had underground prom. And I mean, I had so much fun there. But at one point, it was so loud that I couldn't even hear what the person next to me was saying. Like, I had to put my ear so close to them, I couldn't hear. But once everybody left, once we cleaned out, and it was the silence, and somebody said something to me from across the gym, I couldn't help but hear it. It was impossible for me to miss it. So today we're going to do something that may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, that may feel a little bit different. We're going to spend about the next five or 10 minutes just in the silence. And for some of you, you're like, I've never done this before. But maybe this is a start to spending time with God. And over these next few moments, you can sit in your seat. If you want to get up and you want to sit down on the side, you want to go to the back. But I'm going to ask you that you make this time valuable, not messing with the person sitting next to you, not texting somebody on your phone, but maybe you just want to start reading the Bible. Maybe you're like, Michael, I want to do that. I want to find a reading plan, or I want to go to John, or I've been reading something right now, and I want to read more about Jesus like you talked about in Mark. Or maybe for these next few moments, you just want to sit and talk to God. You know, we live in an ADD type of society. And some of you will do this, and about 90 seconds into it, you'll be like, I'm done. What do I do now? And we start looking around. What's everybody else doing? But I really hope you make this time intentional. You see, if you're not spending time with God every day, I'll tell you, the benefits are so worthwhile. There's been so many times where God has spoken to me in his word. Where the path I was going down, God turned me in a totally different direction and he pointed me in the direction I needed to go. So at this time, if you want to sit where you are, you want to take your Bible out, you want to take your phone and find a reading plan, you just want to spend time praying with God, I'm going to be quiet for just a little bit, and we're going to finish up in just a little bit with some worship. But in the silence right now, will you just spend some time with God? Thank you for listening. To keep up to date with Underground students, follow us on our socials at UndergroundPIA.